plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the victory edition of the podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Mosher, Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. You can also listen to him on his show, the How About Them podcast. Podcast? I don't know how you're going to say that. Welcome, Landon. How does 1-0 feel? Uh, it feels fantastic. I'm, I'm not going to lie. You sound a little uncomfortable announcing the victory podcast. Do you not? Do you no. not feel? Do you not feel comfortable when things are going going well, Marcus? Is that an issue no, for you? No, listen to this. We had a 16 point win over our uh, biggest rival. We, we need to. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> we should enjoy this. We're fine. Right? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. We I'm should definitely saying, we be should... enjoying this. Definitely. Okay, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I think no. I I, I I was concerned that you you weren't going to allow yourself to enjoy it, which I'm glad you are. I'm I'm glad that that's happening. Listen, I really think the 2015 season settled me down some because you got to appreciate every single win that you get because there nothing's guaranteed in this league. So we're going to talk a lot about happened. that tonight. Yeah. So yeah. So let's let's go ahead and jump right in. Let's let's recap the game. Uh, the Cowboys beat the Giants 19 to three. Dallas outgained the Giants 392 to 233 in terms of yardage. Uh, 43 of the Giants' uh, yards came on the final drive of the game. Cowboys had 20 first downs to the Giants' 12. And again, the Giants had three on the final drive of the game. So it was it was actually worse than what the, the stats show somehow. Uh, the Giants' offense could not move the ball at all in the first half. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the Cowboys' offense, though, first. Let's start with Dak Prescott. It was 24-39 for 268 yards and a touchdown. He also had a uh, a couple nice runs. What did you think about Dak in this game? I, I kind of thought he was off early in the game. I don't know if it was because uh, he, he struggled um, with just being too amped up or whatever it was, but what did you kind of think about Dak Prescott in this contest? Well, I, I mean, I think he definitely was noticeably off uh, at different points during the game, I, and, and I definitely there were times when the ball appeared to come out of his hand weird, um, and so like that, yeah, I definitely noticed uh, some throws that were bad. But but I mean, you know, I think it's also kind of relative because we've just seen a lot of success from Dak, and 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 so and and, and he looks really really good in the preseason and and in training camps, and I and I think that you know. I think that one theme that I'm going to hit on with this a lot is that, you know, it's a big jump from going to preseason football to uh, playing the best defense, maybe the best defense in football or, you know, one of the best defenses in football. And I I think the the play speed and the size of windows and and everything is it's 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 not just your normal. Hey, we're we're hopping in from preseason to game one stuff like. 
it's tough to go against. You know, I think that all that showed across the NFL on Sunday. If you watched other games, it, you know, there were a lot of teams playing division rivals in their in their week one game, and they shouldn't do that. To they really should I agree because I think there's just a lot of it, it, what it looks like is a lot of sloppy football. But but really, what it is is teams that. Despite you know this being the first game of the season, they're, they're teams that frankly kind of know each other's weaknesses, and because of that, you know it's it it is kind of sloppy because everyone's kind of just working into their things. But also, they're playing against teams that are familiar with them, and and, and you know it's going to make for you know kind of low scoring or uh, you know either low scoring or high scoring, however you <laughs> however it may turn out. But I, I think that you know Dak. I, I think that you saw it across the league that that there were te- people and, t- and teams and quarterbacks that were struggling to get kind of uh, re- you know ready for week one or just didn't look ready for prime time. And I don't know that I would quite put Dak in that category, but I think that he suffered from some of that same sort of you know maybe getting the, that last bit of rust off and, and stretching those muscles and getting getting them into regular season shape. And because the throws he was missing, like. It was stuff that he would easily make. You know, it's 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 him yes. like on on easy throws, like the RPO that Dak missed high on Dak. You know, it was very obvious, very easy for him normally. You know, he missed one where he was rolling to his right. You know, and he never usually misses those throws. And I just think that you know he's just it's him getting used to that next level of speed and and, and tightness and and getting his body used to to doing all that stuff as well. Well, one thing I want to mention really quickly is. Oh, I, I don't think we've seen this under Dak, but we the Cowboys kind of came out in a no-huddle, hurry-up type of offense to start the game. Do you remember them doing that at all last year to start the games with Prescott? To start the game? I don't think so. I mean, did they maybe and do a little that, bit of that Minnesota at one point? Maybe, but I, I, but not certainly not early on. And my thought was maybe the Cowboys thought that that's how they could catch the Giants off guard and keep one personnel grouping in the game. Uh, they love their 11, out, 11 personnel package yesterday, but I don't know if them playing at that speed kind of forced Dak to play a little bit erratic. Maybe. I, I mean, it's one, it's one game. I, I'm not going to overreact to I, one I, game. I, I, w- I will say this. The one thing that did seem to work, and, and, and you know, kudos to your charting on a lot of this to kind of help prompt this thought for me, but one thing I didn't notice is that I, I, I'm pretty sure there was a graphic before they went into halftime that said that the Cowboys had run the most had had, had the most plays in the first half since like 2007, like in any NFL team. I, I, I wish I had remembered the exact nature of that, but but it was something like they had run 48 plays or something like that, or 47 mm-hmm. plays in the first half, and it was it was the, the largest amount of plays in a first half ever, and and I think that that's significant because. If you go back and look at the snap counts for this defense, the Giants defense last season, Olivier Vernon and JPP like played insane amount of snaps. Like I mean they they were on the field almost the entire the entire year. Like they 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 don't really rotate their defensive ends anywhere like we do. They those guys play a lot of snaps. And they do kind of rotate their interior guys a little bit. And the reason I'm bringing all this up is because Ultimately, maybe the the thought process was, hey, if we can wear these guys out early and keep this game close, by the second half, they're going to be so dead that we can start pulling away and really start running running down their throats, which is kind of like their normal strategy. But I think the idea of what you were talking about, going in no huddle and getting more and more snaps, like just stuffing the first half with as many snaps as they could, I think that maybe what that did is that it just – 
wore those guys down because they just weren't subbing. I mean, they were subbing the inside guys a little bit, but but I mean, JPP and Vernon were like on the field almost every single snap, and I think by the end of the game, they were just wiped and just exhausted. Right, and it's kind of unfortunate that we didn't get to see more of their offense in the second half. They only had three drives in the second half, and their first one uh, in the third quarter was a they had five plays and they were off the field. So I would have loved to see what they would have looked like if the Cowboys would have had a couple of long drives. But uh, nevertheless, the Cowboys defense uh, did their job uh, and the Cowboys offense was able to run the ball down their throats. And in part, that was because of Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Elliott had 24 carries for 104 yards, 140 total. All right, so I'm going to take every opportunity that I can to to tell you that I am wrong about Ezekiel Elliott. This this dates back to conversations, back to the blogging the boys podcast, or, and uh, I I was just wrong on Elliott. You were wrong. You were I, just wrong. Yeah, well, yeah, and I was, but <laughs> I I think the thing about Elliott that's so special is I've I've studied every single one of his carries. I don't know if he has a weakness. I don't think I've ever seen a running back that has literally no weakness like he has. He's got the power. He's got the speed. He's got the vision. He has the patience. He can block. He can catch. You can line him up outside. Is there anything he can't do? The worst thing he does, and I'm not even sure. Like, I, I, it would be tough for me to rank, you know, skills on a, on a thing for him, like as best to worst. I mean, I could tell you probably some of the, the things that he's the top at, but it, but if you were to like, you know. If he, if it was, if this was Madden, right, and and you were looking at his skill set, none of his scores, none of them, would be below eighty five in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like even the right. worst thing he does is like a B plus level. The best thing he does is A plus. I mean, the couple of things he does, you know, his vision, his power, his 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 speed for his size, his speed to size ratio is is a, all A plus. You know, I and think I, his I, discipline in wide zone is fantastic. I mean, I, he rarely makes a wrong read in and, and, wide zone. And, and let's be clear, like we talked about this. He didn't run a ton of wide zone in college. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Like he ran some inside zone and he ran a lot of power because they were running, you know, out of the shotgun and doing kind of a a power game out of the shotgun, but he didn't run a ton of wide zone. So it took him a little while to get used to it, but now like I can't imagine a world where he didn't play in it. I mean, it's just like he's so smooth and fluid and his again, that sort of natural flexibility that allows him to just run with a forward lean like it, it just makes it so he can sprint and power. Like he doesn't have to shift his body to do one to the other. It's it's like he can he can change gears from to low gear to power through something to high gear to speed through something without you know changing his his body stance. I guess is the best way to put it. And and it it makes him so difficult to to tackle because he he just you just don't he's coming at you and you don't know whether he's going to go through you around you or over you and he literally can do all three. Yeah, I thought he was fantastic. The Cowboys don't win that game without Ezekiel Elliott. I really don't think they do. You can just see and I know Alfred Morris, people love Alfred Morris, but there's just a totally different physicality and toughness and a totally different style of offense when Ezekiel Elliott's in the game. Uh, I I mean, every game I see him, I'm just more and more impressed. I I don't see how he's not the best running back in the league. Uh, I know he plays behind a great offensive line, but as you can see with some of the other running backs that we've seen in the last few years, it Alfred Morris, Darren McFadden, some of these other guys, they just don't produce anywhere near the level Ezekiel Elliott does. Let's move on 
really quickly to Des Bryant. Uh, a lot of attention on the Dez Janoris Jenkins matchup. People are pointing at the stats, saying that Janoris got Dez once again. I don't look at it that way because Dez had 48 yards. He also had one long pass interference call that I think led to the touchdown. Uh, a lot of his targets that he got were just misfires by Prescott. Uh, Dez probably um, should have caught that ball, the diving one in the end zone, but hey, it's it wasn't a great throw. Um, I thought he performed well. There's going to be bigger days for Des Bryant coming. Quickly, what were some of your thoughts on the Des Jenkins matchup? I, I mean, I think that it's fine. I think he was. I think he catches. If he gets a little bit better throw on that RPO, none of us are talking about this. You know, if, I mean, if he gets, if, and that's only three yards. So if he had 83 yards and a touchdown. No one's hey, he talking. He was open about on the this. third down as well. On that very yeah, next no. play, he, he, and he was open, and, and Dak and, missed him again. And, and, and he and he probably. He was very close to getting the the fade too. Like I mean, that wasn't like out of the realm well, of possibility. The fade. Well, I mean, he just what, couldn't get that second foot down. He, he, he actually caught on Jenkins. I don't think he actually did catch the fade. Like he, when he came down, like Jenkins knocked it loose. But Semantics. either way, either way. So yeah, my point is, is that <laughs> that could have easily gone either way. And 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 then that you know that whole narrative is is bunk. And and the narrative is bunk in general. I mean, I think if you watch again, like he said it, after the game, if you watch what happened, they didn't call. Almost anything uh, on Jenkins, uh, on uh, you know, on Jack Rabbit, whatever his name is. I don't, I can't remember what his name is. Janoris, <laughs> it is Jenkins. I got it right. Um, yeah, Janoris. Yeah, yep. yeah. He's. I, I think that he got away, got away with a lot, and not that they, that he shouldn't necessarily. I'm just saying, like they were calling, they were letting them be very physical. Um, and then you know, I think that I think that ultimately a lot of the targets that 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 went unfulfilled weren't necessarily his issue. It wasn't like, you know, he ran a bad route or he dropped a bunch of passes. I think he dropped that one that you mentioned. Other than that, I, I thought that he played fine. I think it wasn't and that's a not even of, a drop. That's really not even a drop. He tried to one-hand yeah, no. one, and he kind of got pushed out of bounds. Yeah. It's not a drop. But it's a drop in Dez's world. It's not a drop. No right, one else right. would, be, would even consider that a target in in, in, a, in most in most other receivers. So, you know, I, I think this is a this is – one of several made-up narratives that happened after the game, including the play-calling narrative, which we'll get into a little bit in a little bit. But I, I think that you know people got to write about something when you know they have to have a negative thing to write about with the Cowboys game, and, and this is what you know people that didn't have something better to do decided to write about. Well, before we get to our favorite part of the show, talking about the offensive line, let's pause to tell you about SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there's a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LONFL today. That's promo code LONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, let's talk about those big uglies up front. Give me your thoughts. I'll let you lead into this one. What do you What do you have on the Cowboys' offensive line? Oh, they played fantastic. I mean, I, I think, look, both of us are doing this without any all 22 yet. And I'm, I'm really super excited to get some end zone views of, of, uh, of what was, went on. Um, but I mean, just on a, just from what we saw, I mean, it, it, it looked like they were really playing fantastic. Um, 
I think that you know we we talked about the big matchup being inside uh, with uh, Harrison and 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 you know some of our guys and and that was it was worth the price of admission. I'll tell you that Harrison won it was a, a battle. Bunch, yeah, I mean, I mean Harrison ate Frederick a couple different times, and then you know they battled back and they were able to move him, and then you know by the end of the game they were moving him all over the field. But it was, uh, yeah, I mean it was. Th- that's why I kind of feel like the the whole. Like I really hate the whole narrative of, of the play calling, you know, what, discussions about the play calling of this and that. Is because, you know, we spent all summer talking about how dominant this defense was, and then you know suddenly the game happens and everyone's like, well, why aren't we just doing everything at will the way we want? And it's like, well, because these are <laughs> extremely good guys that we're going against, and and I think that that and shows. they designed their defense to beat Dallas. I, I mean, mean this, they, they really designed a defense to try to compete with Dallas. They pr- frankly built their whole team just to beat Dallas at this point. I mean, the, the only thing the Giants are any good at is is trying to beat Dallas and beating Dallas and then occasionally beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So I just I just think that I just think that you know that they there was a lot of tough sledding and there was a lot of great work put on put in by those guys that allowed all of that to happen. Um and I think that this was one of the games that if there was a dominant unit a, one dominant unit for all the both teams across the board. It was this, the offensive line. I mean, just considering who they were going against, and and the the level of performance they got against the guys they were going against. I mean, I thought that they were outstanding. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Zach Martin was Zach Martin. I mean, just uh, fantastic. I mean, I, I you know I, I can't imagine. I can't think of any particular blocks off the top of my head. But I mean, he you know he was he was basically battling it out with with uh, Harrison most of the night when when Frederick wasn't and when he was battling Harrison I didn't notice a, a loss that was huge um Chaz Green I, did look too bad he, well, I was I was just gonna say I, I, I was gonna finish with those guys is, is that I I really think that uh you know Leo Collins uh, uh, kudos uh, applause for for making that transition and, and, and they did not give him a ton of help I mean, they 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 mm. gave him less help than I imagined that they were going to, um, and he did just fine without too much help. He got that one holding call, but frankly, I mean, with the way that I mean, JPP was getting off the ball and, and playing, I'll take it every time. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think that look, I really the one thing I'm really excited to see with the end zone tape is Chaz Green because by my eyeballs. He played really good. Not just like okay, he's the fifth lineman. Like he played really, really well. I, I mean, I I want to see the the end zone because I, I want to see some of his pass sets, and that's really where I wasn't exactly sure how well. Uh, like that's where I think he needed to work the, the most was just to kind of make sure his body fit was 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 in his pass set was going to work inside. You know, because he he does kind of get a wider base as a tackle, so he, he kind of had to get used to getting his feet closer together in, in a pass set and be able, able to, you know, handle power that way. Um, but I mean, I will tell you this: as a as a guy on poles or getting to the second level, he has he has like elite offensive level movement skills. Like yes. he gets around yes. the corner, he's able to identify targets and get to the targets, and he isn't quite to the point yet where he's you know finishing guys every single time like Zach Martin, but He's hitting his con- his con- he's he's making contact with his targets on the move ninety nine percent of the time and 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 if he's not finishing it he's at least making the block and doing you know what is designed in the play and and that's really all you can ask for and I thought that I thought I thought he looked even better than my expectations and and kind of frankly uh, 
showed a lot of people why. You know, I think there's a lot of questions why is Chaz Green when 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 Cooper's more reliable. Cooper can't do, couldn't do any of that stuff. Not anymore. No, like not nope. not 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 since he's been a pro. Not since these last run of injuries. That's just not who Cooper is anymore. But Chaz Green looked like Chaz Green looked like Cooper in college. Like I mean, yes, and that's, that, yes, that, yes. I hate to be like that sensationalist. A but, bigger a bigger Cooper though. But yes, really exactly. Did. I mean, if you watch it, that's what he looked like. He was getting to the second level now. He was getting outside of the poles and, and getting to his targets. He was hitting he was hitting cornerbacks and defensive backs, which as a big guy on the move is not easy to do. I, I could not be more impressed with Chaz Green. And maybe I bought in too much because everyone else seems to hate him so much, but I, I, I'm rooting for the guy to stay healthy unironically, unlike other people, it feels like. I, I, I really do feel like he, he, if he can stay healthy, he's, gonna, he, he's a player for these guys. Another really good offensive lineman on this team. It's not like we yep. needed him, but it's great to have him. Yeah, so me and you might be the last two guys left on the Chaz Green bandwagon, and I'm okay with that. That's fine. Um, yeah, and you know the thing is, too, is I think this is funny because this always happens when you have a, a positional battle, but mm-hmm. people take sides. But in this case, I think it's a good thing to have two guys that you feel pretty comfortable playing. If Chaz Green were to go down, I feel fine sliding Jonathan Cooper in there. I think it's great that they have two guys that get, are getting a lot of experience and reps and practice to play that spot if they need it. It, it just gives them more depth, and it uh, it helps protect their floor a little bit, if you understand what I'm saying. I, I'm going to th- say – Real quick, I, I just think that the, the, the bonus there, and I completely agree. Like I'm, I was happy going in because I thought the floor was either one of these two guys, and I'm thrilled with that. I just didn't think, even me as a as a Chaz Green fan, I didn't know I was getting potentially this as the ceiling already for him at, at left guard. So I, I'm excited to see if he can stay healthy and continue to get reps. Like how much better this guy can get, you know? Like if he was so instantly good at left guard when they popped him out here, you know, we didn't even notice him when when Tyron Smith is, is gone. Is he going to be like that at guard too? Is he going to be a guy that that just develops into a really great guard suddenly? Like. If he can stay healthy, that'd be amazing. So, you know, right. fingers crossed. Yeah, so I'm going to save a lot of my offensive line thoughts for tomorrow because because we're going to get the L22, I believe, Tuesday morning. It's supposed to come out, and we'll we'll see. We'll have a better. Well, yeah, yeah. You can never trust Game Pass. Um, however, I'm going to just kind of say this, and then we'll 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 let it let it sit for a while. Oh God! I talked to two former offensive linemen today who both agree that they think Lyle Collins could be the best right tackle in the league by the end of the year. I'm curious to go back and watch him against JPP, but the expectations for Collins around the league are very, very high. Let's jump into defense real quick. Who do you want to start with, Jalen Smith or Demarcus Lawrence? Well, I think that I, I think you have to start with uh, Demarcus Lawrence just because of the game he had. Um, but you know what? Let's let's start with Jalen because I, I okay. want to get into the defensive line as a whole uh, longer. So, um, uh, uh, you start. You start. You start, start with Jalen. Yeah, that, you start. that's fine. Um, so I'm actually going to look at Jalen in the sense of pairing with Sean Lee because those two players are going to be basically tied together at the hip for the next I don't know however long Sean Lee is in the league. Um, I thought Jalen played well. I think he is going to be the perfect complement to Sean Lee. Sean Lee doesn't have the size or the elite athleticism to win in the NFL, but he wins with route recognition, 
uh, his instincts, his awareness. He is just so smart. Uh, he can. He doesn't really beat blocks as much anymore. He he's just very good at slipping blocks. Um, but for Jalen, I mean, that was the first time that I really saw him see something and go after. I, there was one time they ran a end around to, I think it was Sterling Shepard. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And Smith beat Eric Flowers, I, and then still made the tackle on Sterling Shepard. Undercut I mean, that him. was the f- Undercut Yeah, that was the first beat. time that I'm like. Okay, he's getting healthy, and this is why the Cowboys drafted him. Um, you're starting to see him play with a little bit of more power. You're, the the one thing that I really like about I like about Jalen, excuse me, is that you can see he's got that power when he hits you. Uh, the force fumble was a great example of that. There was a couple other times where he made some tackles. I'm like, that reminds me of Rolando McClay and in his power in his hands. I was impressed, and that's something coming from me. I mean, I've said on this podcast all summer long, I won't be shocked if you don't see Jalen until halfway through the season. Not only did he play before that, he started the first game of the season, and I thought he looked fantastic. What did you think about Jalen? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I, I hate to say I told you so, Marcus, but I told you so. You can so. say it. That's, that's no, all right. No, no. You can say no, it. No, I, I don't it's mind. Okay. <laughs> I am going to say it. I told you so. Um, no, I look <laughs> – as much as um, everything else was fantastic, as much as, you know, there's just so many storylines that it's just crazy. You know, there's so many storylines. But, um, you know, this is this one's just special because of who this kid is and, and, and what he's had to do to get where he is. And, and, and for him to go from, you know, just and, and just think about just think about where it was in your stages of fandom listener at home. Like think about like where we've gone from, you know. We hope he can ever play again. To you know, hey, maybe he can get on the field and do something for us in the training camp. Or okay, Incredible. well, maybe you know, he's gonna play some preseason games and you know we'll, we'll, we'll limit his snaps and then we'll see where that goes. To okay, well, you know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get him ready for the Giants game. I think it's it's a realistic possibility. To oh no, Anthony Hitchens is hurt, so we're gonna have to play him in the in the Giants game too. Okay, uh, yeah, we're just going to play Jalen. I don't think we need to play another guy for Jalen. We'll just play Jalen. And then, you know, Jalen basically tying uh, Sean Lee for tackles and then also forcing a fumble on purpose. Which, by the way, if you go back and watch that play, that was such an impressive job by Jalen. Like, he recognized exactly what was going on with that tackle and then – lined it up perfectly and then sticks his elbow, like actually sticks his elbow out on purpose and then leans like right. full weight of his body behind his elbow into the ball, which knocked it out. And, 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 and it, you know, I, I can see why they didn't uh, going back. I can see why they didn't throw the flag. Cause it, it, it does look like that the giants ended up recovering it. But I mean, it's plays like that. It's big hits that he made at different times. It's it's the it's the you know undercutting uh, the tackle to get to the reverse when he's outweighs the guy by literally fifty pounds. I mean, I don't. Yeah, he's incredible. Like, he's, he's incredible. incredible. He's incredible, and he's and he's back. And it's it's the Cowboys are going to be rewarded hugely. For their for their patience and for their trust in this guy, and and I think that it's it's super super exciting to to just watch it finally, frankly. And, and the thing, really quickly, is he's not going to be the same player. Or he's he's going to be a much different player in November and December than he is right now. Oh I yeah. Mean, aside from just being healthy, 
it's going to take him some time to get adjusted to the speed of the game, to learn different routes and the route combinations, and just get adjusted to playing really a new position because he really didn't play this traditional Mike linebacker at Notre Dame where he was really more of a will. So I think he's going to be fantastic. One more quick note on Sean Lee. I mean, every time you watch him, it's just incredible. Uh, he's the, the leader of the defense. I posted this stat on Twitter. In his last 33 games that he's played for the Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys defense has held teams to just 20 points on average. Isn't that's, that incredible? That's an unbelievable stat. Unbelievable stat. In their last 33 games he's played, 20 points per game. So anytime Sean Lee's on the field, he's going to give them a great chance to win. All right, let's get to the defensive line, and then we'll finish up. Demarcus Lawrence, <laughs> a victim of me fat shaming him last year. I mean, year you are, you, you you got egg on your face all over the place, buddy. Your, <laughs> no, your, no, pre-season, no, not... your preseason chickens are coming home to roost this week. No, this <laughs> no, I think that was last year. So listen up. So this is like the motivation thing. You just send out these tweets. These players they read everything. I mean, every they literally read everything. Oh, if you don't believe me, I'll send you some nice DMs. Uh, Marcus Lawrence, I mean, incredible. That was the best game I think I've ever seen him play. He was nearly unblockable. Uh, he had two sacks. My favorite play that he had was he, he, he got in quick on a screen and just obliterated a running back as he was catching the ball. Can we talk about that play real quick? Let's talk about yeah, that go play because because that was awesome on, on by two different players. First of all, on that play, he speed to powers uh, flowers, or I think it was actually Hart that he was going against. Yes, and yes. Literally throws the dude onto the ground, like like just like throws him. It almost looked like Tyron Smith throwing Junior Gallette back when he played for the the Saints in that famous gif where he does the the club move or whatever. He just speed to powers Hart all the way to the ground and then recognizes what's happening. And and the other part of that play that I think I wanted to point out because I think it went unnoticed is that that was a two screen play. Like they set up their the initial read was a quick throw out to I think it was Brandon Marshall with a, mm-hmm. a receiver out uh, in front of him to block. And that got broken up because Jadobe Awuzie read it so well, he undercut the block and got right in front of Brandon uh, Brandon Marshall. It made Eli double clutch and then tried to last minute throw it to Darwa. And that's where uh, Lawrence absolutely destroyed him. <laughs> I mean, it was just... And Darwa's a big dude, too. So he just absolutely... <laughs> Put him on his butt, like it was. It was glorious to watch. The defensive line played fantastic across the board. It's really, it's really quite amazing. What did you see there across the defensive line? Because I, I think they just. It wasn't just Lawrence who was playing well. Yeah, I thought, I thought Stephen Paya was fantastic. I, I know, I know. One techniques don't get a lot of attention, but man, they still won here. And I think this mm-hmm. is why they were comfortable cutting Cedric Thornton is because. They don't want to take Stephen Paya off the field. He is just that much better. He's yeah. a perfect combination with Malik Collins. Uh, I saw a little bit of Paya as a pass rusher. I mean, he, I, I think he had um, uh, Justin Pugh, I think it was the guy. He had Pugh forklifted off the ground a couple times. I mean, just another incredible pickup by Rod Marinelli, Will McClay, and Stephen Jones. I, I, I think he is going to be a fantastic fit in this defense. 
Uh, yeah, and I, I think you also got obviously Malik Collins didn't get the the sack there, but he was there all the time. He he forced a hold at one point, uh, and he was pushing pockets, and he was getting double teamed a lot. And he was he was, I, I think he he needs a, one more game because he he still he he was getting past the pocket. So I think he needs he needed a game to kind of get his his rush levels right. But I think he's really going to start destroying people. And two more guys I wanted to bring up because uh, I feel like they, they had great snaps and, and didn't quite get the notice. Charles Tapper got, got yes. some notice because he did get his snap. And we talked about it. Remember we, 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 we talked about on different, on a couple of different forums that if you're able to get him inside, if he's able to make an inside move or if he's on a line slant where he's, he's the inside guy, he, He's very dangerous like that. He's very dangerous on the move because he's so powerful. And if he can get into the gap, if he could fit in there, he's tough to stop. And that's basically what happened is that he slipped inside and, and there was no way that you were, you were going to stop him with, with, with his power. Um, and then I think Benson Mayoa had two, two or three different uh, situations where um, he was he was about to get a sack, got his hands on on um, on. Eli Manning, but but didn't get didn't quite finish because someone did it finished for him or because Eli got rid of the ball. But I, I thought that it was notable because we just hadn't seen very much of Benson Mayo and and he was he was finally getting some snaps in here and he looked good. He wasn't you know he wasn't just out there doing nothing like he was he was beating Flowers pretty regularly. Yeah, so they're gonna have some interesting. Uh, decisions to make once all of these guys come back from suspensions and are healthy. Once, I mean, I'm curious to see which guys are inactive, which guys are getting snaps. Uh, Taco might be on his uh, might be on the outside of some of those snaps when we get David Irving and Demontre Moore back. Uh, I mean, we're, we're at 33 minutes now, so we'll 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 take a break. We'll come back tomorrow after we see uh, the All 22 film. Maybe we'll split it up. We'll talk about the offense we'll one to. day and the defense. Yeah, because I'm sure we're going to have a ton of notes. But yeah. that's it for today's show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast Podcast, excuse me, on iTunes. Hit us up with a five-star review. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBTB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.